You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. All right. This month we're doing um, a month of vision, overflow, as we, uh, as we look to what God has for us in the future. And uh, as I shared last week, for those of you who weren't with us, we've reflected upon all the great things that God has done in the church in the last uh, 12 months or, or two years even. Uh, we've seen ministries begin. We've seen outreaches start. We've seen just great things happen as we've continued on this journey of pursuing what God has for us. But we're not there yet. We're on journey still. We're still pursuing his purposes and his plans. And uh, last week I shared a message of, of one of our five attributes as a church in which vision is flowing out of. And one of it is this, this heart to enlarge. God calls us to not just keep the good news of what Jesus has done for us to ourselves, but we're to proclaim the good news everywhere. Right? We're to be people that don't just have a holy huddle every Sunday morning and keep it, you know, that we're undercover Christians in our, in our environments. But actually, God wants us to be a light of the world, right? A, a city on the hilltop, this, this beacon that goes out. And so we're, we're to be a church that's going, a church that's sending, a church that's establishing new things, expanding the kingdom of God. I just shared some things about just our, our going into to mission and, and taking a missions team to Albania in September and encouraging us as a church to be a part of that. We, we looked at the, the sending of missionaries and, and how even we support missions, both locally and, and globally. That actually, instead of just sending money out of, out of the account every month to support missions, we want to be a part of that. And uh, so we're changing how we support missions from it just coming out of the general to up have a separate missions fund in which we contribute to on a monthly basis. And we're going to raise that finance as we sow into mission. And so um, also then establishing his kingdom and enlarging his kingdom. And one of the things that the best way that God has his plan for his kingdom to expand is through the local church. And uh, there's local churches all over the country, but there's lots of places that need a local church. And as you know, we're in here, but we're also in Brighton. But you know what? God is stirring in my heart. This isn't it. We need to expand his kingdom into other places. And so what's on the horizon is we're looking at planting a third campus somewhere as we believe God to expand. Okay? God hasn't called us to be complacent and to just hold down until he comes back. But he calls us to go into all the world and make disciples. And uh, that's what we're about as a church. And that's what we shared last week, or I shared last week, about the enlarging of God's kingdom. That's the, the, the vision in which we're moving towards. But today we're looking at the second heart attribute of vision that is overflowing. And it's this aspect of enabling. Enabling. We're going to read Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And it says this, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. All authority. I want you to say all all, all authority has been given to Jesus. Therefore, go. And last week we looked at that therefore go bit of it. But the second part of what Jesus was saying, therefore go and make disciples. Now, discipling or disciples isn't a word that we use in everyday language, is it? Uh, it's a kind of a, almost a strange word for, 
for the average person, because we're not talking, we don't use disciple, discipleship in, you know, you don't go to work and be a disciple. Um, we don't use that terminology. But what does a disciple mean? And if we look in kind of a biblical context or in the context of the time, a disciple was a learner, someone who learnt from a teacher. The 12 disciples were disciples because they were learning from Jesus, right? They, they, they learned what he taught. God calls us to be learners. You never lose the L plate of your life. Okay? You never come to a point where you graduate a discipleship course and now the L plate comes off and you've now got it. You're always with an L plate on your back. You're still a learner. And at the point that we stop learning, we stop being disciples. Right? Disciples are always disciples. Go and make disciples. It wasn't a graduated process in which after you're a disciple, you've got it, guys. You're now the apostle. Well, actually, no, an apostle is still a disciple. We never come to a place where we know it all. And it goes beyond just actually knowledge, but it's actually imitation. We're challenged in scripture to imitate God. Isn't that an amazing thing? We're to imitate. We're to be like him. To look like him. Act like him. To be like Jesus is to look like him and to act like him and to smell like him. It's one thing to know about Jesus. Another thing to become like him. And when God calls us to, to be a disciple, he's not just calling us to learn about him. He's calling us to be like him. To imitate him. And so if I was going to do an imitation, which I'm really terrible at doing imitation, you would hopefully think about someone else when I'm imitating. Right? Um, we watched the Alpha video. For those of you who are doing Alpha, and the, the Alpha video this past week, the guy did um, an impersonation of, who's a Scottish comedian? Connolly, yeah. And I thought it was pretty good as a Canadian. But when I heard him say it, I thought, oh, yeah, that's him. It sounds like him. Now, when people look at our lives, people think, oh, yeah, you look like Jesus. Why? Because we're imitating him. We're not just, we're not just talking about him, but we're imitating him. We, we, we take on these, this personality. But in order for all of that to happen, it also brings us to a place of surrender. To do the will of the teacher means that we can't keep doing what we want to do. In order for me to imitate Christ, I have to stop being me. Right? I have to stop. I have to lay down my old life and I have to pick up what Christ has put in me. And I, in order for me to imitate, I can't be me and imitate him. It doesn't work that way. Would that be correct? I can't impersonate someone else and still be myself. I have to get into character. And in discipleship, we're in character all the time. We're, 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 we're becoming more like, more like Jesus. God calls us to lay down everything. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. Jesus said that. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to be a disciple, it doesn't go both ways. You don't go your way, do your thing and say you're a disciple. Actually, the only way you can be a disciple is if you deny, lay down your life and follow me. It's, it's a one way journey. It's, there's not two types of Christians. There's only disciples. Right? There's, there's, not, there's not one kind of radical group that really like Jesus and another group that just come to church once in a while. and They're kind of just, they, they have a faith. They have their faith. Well, do you know what? There's only one disciple. And a disciple is someone who says, you know what? It's not about me. It's about Christ. I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to follow him. And in doing so, I become like him. He calls us to discipleship. Our mandate as center church is to make disciples and to be disciples. 
We are to go into all the world, which I shared last week. But the second part of it is we are to be disciples and we are to make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. To be a place that's enabling each person to become who Christ has called them to be, a disciple. We're about enabling. Our role as a, as a church is to enable you to be the disciple. And a disciple is, as I said, someone who looks, smells and acts like Jesus. Continually learning and growing in him. The church needs to create this environment. We need to be this environment. Kind of like a spiritual greenhouse. That when you come in, you just grow. In fact, if you're here and if this is your home church, I pray you feel uncomfortable if you're not growing. That is my goal. That is our job. In fact, if you don't feel challenged and being stretched and becoming more like Christ, we haven't done our job as a church. If you're not, if this year you don't look different than last year, if this year you don't look more like Christ, then we aren't doing our job as making disciples because we need to be becoming more and more like Jesus. And there are three areas that go simultaneously in discipleship. They're all interconnected. One affects the other. And the first one is what I've just mentioned is to grow. 2 Peter 3, 18, it says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. When a child is born, the first thing it wants to often do is eat, right? And newborn babies eat all the time, just constant. You think, how could they be hungry again all the time? You know, you try to actually wean them off eating so much, right? For those of you moms, you know, you, you try to get them on a pattern. So every two hours or every, you try to, because otherwise they would just be eating every 15 minutes. I remember Caleb in particular, he just could, he just couldn't fill him up. He just always wanted to eat. But why do they want to eat? It's because their body is needing it to grow. You know, the early life of a child, they grow more in the first two years. than They will the rest of their life proportionally, Right. There's, there's this amazing growth, but they eat constantly. If you want to grow physically, if that is your ambition right now to grow, which probably for most of us as adults, it isn't. <laughs> but if you were to really want to grow, it requires you to eat. You can't grow if you don't eat. We all have seen pictures of places in the world with malnutrition children that become adults and they're, they're, they're dwarfed in their size. They, they look like they should, they're much younger than they really are because they haven't had the nutrients at the stage of life that they needed to have. And so because of it, they're living, or their, their, their physical bodies haven't developed. And you and I, I think we come to Christ and sometimes we have an initial real hunger for Jesus. We, we come and we, we want to eat and we want to hear what, what does God have for me? What is, what is this Christianity? What is it all about? And we're eating, we're devouring it. And that might happen the first couple of years, but sometimes our, our hunger and our, our desire can kind of wane and we stop eating. But we can't keep growing in God if we stop eating. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If we're hungry, we ought to come to him and he'll satisfy. In this context, you are what you eat. Did you catch that? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Come to me if you're thirsty, if you're hungry. But if we come and eat of him, 
and learn from him, we become what we eat. We become like Christ. Disciples have an appetite to know more of God and his will for their lives. Hunger is a positive sign of health. Often when when people are in the the hospital, it's a positive sign if they start to get hungry again. It means things are ticking over properly in their bodies. It means there's vitality going on when they're hungry. They want to eat that jello in front of them or that gel. What is it called? Jelly. Sorry, jelly. AKA jello in Canada. Jelly. They want to eat the jelly. They want to eat that hospital food because it looks so good. Right? Amen. Nothing like hospital food when you've had an operation. It just. But hunger is a good sign. It means something's happening. Your body is coming back to health. And I tell you what, as Christians, we can be, we can have been a hungry disciple early on in our lives, but we've lost our hunger. And if you stop eating today in your physical, no matter what your size is, eventually you die. Because we need to continually eat. We need to continue have a hunger for more. Even in the physical, we need it all the more in our spiritual. And if we're hungry, it's a sign of spiritual health in us. If you're not hungry for more of God, if you're not hungry to know more, if you're not hungry to be more like Jesus, there's something wrong actually. Because disciples are hungry. They want to grow. They want to learn. They, they, they keep having it. Inside of them, this, this need for more. And this, this comes privately. This eating comes privately when we get into God's word and eat for ourselves. The Bible says we have the spirit that leads us into all truth. And there's a challenge, I think, for all of us that if you don't have personal time with God, you're missing a major component. Just imagine only one time a week you eating physically. What would you look like? Well, some of us as Christians can be eating only once a week or once every two weeks or once every three weeks, depending on how often you come to church. When actually God calls us to eat daily of him. Right? It's not just a one-off once in a while, but it's getting into God's word personally. It's a discipline. You know, discipline and discipleship come from the same root word. And to read and say, I'm going to take 15 minutes to read the word actually is a discipline. But that's where also discipleship comes from. We're disciplining ourselves because it's important. As a church, the, the Bible calls us to teach them everything I have commanded you. And so there's an element where we personally are eating for ourselves. But there's also a role in which we also need to teach. The church is to be a place where we're taught. And of everything that Jesus has said. Of God's best, his plans. And currently this happens on Sunday morning, hopefully. It hopefully also happens in our life groups, in coffee morning. And other places where the word is presented. Guys, we need to be taught All of us come to a, we never come to a place where we no longer need to be taught. We never reach a stage in life where we can't be taught something by someone else who's further on the journey or God has revealed something to them that we didn't know. All of us need to continue to grow and be taught by someone. If we think that we can just do it alone with Jesus, we're wrong. He's called us to be part of a body. Discipleship must also be taught. Yes, we learn in, in scripture with Jesus as we go to God's word in, in the Bible. But actually, we have to be part of the community that God has called us to. 
We have to be part of the body of Christ in order for us to grow up and mature to become who God has called us to be. We can't do it alone. Growth occurs when we make this a priority in our lives. Coming to church or being part of life groups only once in a while will stunt our growth spiritually. Can I say that? If we only make this a once in a while occasion that we come to church, you know, it stunts our growth. Because we need to be challenged in areas that sometimes we don't like to be challenged in. We need to grow in areas that sometimes we don't even aware, we're not even aware that we need to grow in these areas. But it's when we come together, something spurs us on into the things he has for us. In September, we're going to be launching again some training as a church on behalf of We're going to still be doing life groups and everything else that we're doing currently. But we're going to begin to to again be be stirring this element of going deeper in God's word. In in doing special courses. I'll be sharing more in in the future. But I believe there's a calling upon us as a church. Not only to go but also to grow. We're to go but we're also to grow as believers. And I believe it's our mandate as a church that this is a place that fosters growth. And we're just working through right now how that's going to look, what we're going to be doing as a church, what kind of Bible courses we're going to be offering in order that we, we take you maybe from this level of growth that you're at now to another level of growth in your life. My prayer, my biggest, I know I've shared this in the past, but I'm coming back to it. I pray that I make you feel uncomfortable with where you're at. And also for myself, I can only go, I can only lead you into a place I'm also going. I need to be stretched also, guys. I need to be put into a place where I'm being challenged in my knowledge of Christ. And so we do it together. We, we spur one another onwards in Christ. The church needs to be this place that happens. And I'm excited about it as we journey forward. Disciples also, they don't just grow, but they also mature. Maturity comes when we put into practice what we've learnt Teaching them to obey. You know, there's a lot of believers that know lots of stuff, but are immature in their faith. Maturity only comes when we know how to apply what we've learned. It isn't about growing in the sense of more knowledge. Knowledge is important because it gives us the tools to apply. And so as a church, it's, it's twofold. It's one is it's learning but the second bit is applying. How do we put this into practice? What does it look like to actually work with it? God calls us to move beyond just the simple things. We have in Hebrews 5 this whole passage of scripture that talks about these believers that are still needing milk when they really should be on to solid foods. And in the physical realm, if, if there was a, a baby that's now 10 years old, but only still has milk and isn't onto solid foods. There is a problem, isn't there? There's a stage of life where milk is important. You need milk. In fact, if you don't just have milk, you've got a problem. But then there's a stage of life where you need to be going to deeper things. But that can only happen when we've started to apply the things that we have been taught and we start to grow up in our faith. And so being a disciple isn't just about staying where we are and learning more and more and more and becoming really fat babies. 
But being a disciple is, is someone who, who takes the word and takes what's been taught and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take hold of this truth and I'm going to live it out. And every time we do that, there's a growth that starts to happen as a maturity sets in and we go from fat babies that do nothing to people who are active and moving in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I would never want to be a child again. Would you ever, would you want to be a child again? I am so glad I have the freedom to do what I want to do. I would not want to live in my, not, I love my parents dearly. But if I had to go back to five years old, being told what to do all the time, I would not enjoy that process. Would you? Would you? No. I know we often say to our kids, well, you're lucky because you don't have to worry about the bills and all the rest of it. I tell you what, though, I still wouldn't want to be one of them. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a teenager again. No way. I'm happy to move on. Moving beyond the spots and the insecurities and all the rest. I'm happy to move beyond that in my life. But there are some people that are just stuck at an infant level in their faith. And they struggle over and over and over because they haven't grown up. They haven't taken what they've learned and applied it to their lives. And so they should be running the marathons. They should be going forward and becoming, fulfilling their destiny in life. But they're still living at home with their parents spiritually because they don't grow up. I pray that this church just creates an environment that's not going to be possible. You know, the eagle, when it's time for the young to move on, they make the nest very uncomfortable. They start to take out the feathers and the downing and they start to nudge the baby out. And the little eaglet, you know, they, they, they don't know what's going on. Why is mom being so mean to me? You know, they, they, they just want the food. They just come feed me. I need food. And soon mom says, you know what? You need to get your own food. You're getting too big for this nest for both of us. And, they, and then they, they, nudge the, they, they nudge the little eaglet out of the, the nest. And it's a pretty cruel experience for this little eaglet who only knows the, the downy feathers of its mother to be shoved off a cliff into the wide open space of this world and just, ah, ah, you know, Trying to cope with this experience of abandonment and having to grow up really quick. And the mother, all the while, is keeping an eye on what's going on. And take the young back up, only to do it all over again. You will learn to grow up. Nature does it. And in the spiritual realm, we've also got to do it. It's time we grow up, people. We got to get out of the nest and go for our destiny. You see the eagles in the air, you know, a mature eagle and it's soaring and there's a sense of freedom and vitality and it, there's the picture of the eagle is just is awesome. And yet the eaglet who's in the in the in the in the nest is not living its full destiny so long as it stays in the nest. And I, can I tell you something? As Christians, if we remain as infants in our faith, we stay in the nest. We're not soaring with him. We're not taking hold of God's plans and his purposes for our lives, but we're staying in this nest. And God said, I've got greater things for you. I want you to soar. I want you to become greater things, but you've got to grow up. And the only thing that, ha- that, that, that can happen is if we take hold of what he says and we start to apply those things in our lives. And as a church, again, if we look at what is a heart attribute of a church, a heart attribute is to take people who don't know Jesus, to introduce them to Jesus, but then walk with them to a place where they learn about him. They grow in him. They start to apply those things, but we make it uncomfortable to stay where you are. You need to be challenged and stretched. 
so that you can become all that God calls you to be. It isn't about just making your life uncomfortable. It's about pushing you beyond where you think your limits are so that you become who he really wants you to be. Just because the nest is the only thing you know doesn't mean the open sky isn't for you. Jesus wants to help you to expand the vision of your heart. And I believe he has a plan and a destiny for each person in this church. And it isn't just to kind of go through just difficulty after difficulty and just barely getting by. Just hope tomorrow's okay. Do you know what? God wants us to live a life and a life more victorious. To be an overcomer in Jesus. To walk out his principles and his truth. To become all that he wants us to be. To be the head and not the tail. But it only happens as we are true disciples. Growing and maturing in our faith. And then the last, the last area which is a fantastic one. We do our part of disciplining ourselves, learning, growing, maturing, saying, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to apply apply this truth. And what God does in response is this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. What happens here is that as we respond to Christ, as we respond to his spirit, his spirit brings the transformation in us. You can't become more like Jesus. Can I just tell you that? We could try. It doesn't work. But what does happen is when we surrender to the spirit, when we surrender to his word, when we take hold of what he's saying, we say, God, your will be done in my life, not my will. When we do that, the transformation happens from the inside out and we become transformed To become more like Christ. Because his spirit is at work in us. You can't be good enough to look like Jesus. But the spirit of God in you helps you to become that. Disciples who are surrendered to Christ. Growing in his word. Putting into practice. Become like him. And this transformation is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. We reflect him. We're transformed into his likeness. Our part is, as a disciple is to obey and to follow and to learn. And God's part of the whole process is the transformation. And sometimes we want the transformation without the discipline. But you know, the discipline is part of the transformation. It's kind of like, I want to become a doctor, but I'd never want to go to university. I don't want to go to med school, but just give me a scalpel. Wouldn't that be great, Julian? Yeah, definitely not. Doctors need to be disciplined for years before they can be in the operating theater. They, they, they have to go through training. They have to know what they're... They, they, they don't see knowledge. They need practical experience. They, they, it's, it's a lifetime process of learning and growing. In the medical world, it, you don't just become a doctor, Thankfully. Right? Thankfully, there's a process of training. But you don't also just walk into the God's transformation, become all that He wants you to be, without us going through the process of learning and growing and becoming. You become who God wants us to be. The transformation happens as we go through the process of discipleship. And that's why I said the three of these are all connected. We have to keep learning. We have to keep maturing. And as we keep doing that, transformation keeps happening. All three are happening simultaneously as we keep growing, 
God speaks to us. We learn something. Okay, God, I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm going to grow. By growing, I become more like Jesus. The transformation happens. And people's like, oh, you're not worrying anymore. Oh, there's joy in your heart. Oh, why are you so different? Well, it's because God taught me something. And I decided to not worry. God says, cast your cares upon me. I'm going to do that. Because that's what maturity is. Is taking what I know and doing it. But in doing it, the transformation comes. And suddenly I start to look and act more like Jesus. And the Spirit gives me the power to do so. And the result of all of this is we step into God's intention for our lives. Before the beginning of all creation. You know, God has a plan before the beginning of the world of what your life would look like. Before the creation, before the foundations of the earth were set, He had you in mind. You're not on this planet by accident. You didn't just show up on the scene. Your parents didn't just have a moment. And you arrived nine months later. God purposed that you would be here now. But in order for us to walk in the purposes that He has for our lives, in order for us to know His fullness, we have to walk into a place of discipleship. Because His best for us is us becoming more like Him. As we just bring this to a close, I want to ask this question. Are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your knowledge? Are you still learning something? Again, learning is not an age-relevant question. In the physical, they say on average, the average person stops learning physically by the age of about 30. Most of the foundational things that they've learned, I just mean on average, you, you live out pretty much what you've learned from 30, and beyond that, you just kind of live it out. But as a believer, we can't do that. You might, have been, you might be a Christian for 30 years. Don't think you're now there. You need to keep growing. You need to keep learning. But the second part of this, is there a hunger for more? I pray that as a church, as we keep going forward, that we would have such an appetite as a church, that we want to devour God's word, that we're excited to go to life group because we're getting into God's word that night. We just love sharing it together, that we're excited to come to church because we, we want to, to know God's word. We're, we're excited for that those minutes in the morning before we leave for work because we get some time alone with God and we can just get into his word. Our hunger is, is such a barometer of where things are really at. Discipleship starts with desire. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple... If you want. What's he saying? It's in a place of desire. If you want to be my disciple. You must pick up your cross and follow me. Desiring to know Christ and become like him. Is something that can only happen in us. I believe as a church it's time. And maybe you think we've been there. We are there already. But it's time again to stretch out further. To be challenged more. Maybe I sound like a politician right now, but I apologize. This is not a campaign speech, but it is the vision of the church. That we would be a church that's disciple makers. That we would be a church that isn't just trying to get people to say a sinner's prayer, but that we would be a church that's committed to people growing in Christ. I believe exciting things are on the horizon. Exciting things have happened And yet there's so much more for you and for me as we continue in our journey in following Christ. We have not arrived, 
but we're on journey into the things that God has for us in the coming days. And again, it's this commitment for us to say, God, I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I want to keep becoming who you want me to be. If that's you today, I know we did this last week, but I, I believe in all of these things, we, we, we need to give a response. I'm saying, God, maybe the L plate has come off my life a long time ago, but I want to put it back on. What's the difference between a learner driver and a driver with a full license? A learner driver has to have someone with them telling them what to do. They can't drive independently. By saying, God, I want to have a learner plate on my life, is saying, God, I need you with me. I want to keep learning. I don't know if you've ever retaken an exam. Before we moved to England, I had to retake my driver's exam so I could drive a manual car. And I'd driven for a long time. And I got in the car with the driver instructor. And uh, I discovered I, d- dis- I had picked up a lot of bad habits. I bet probably all of us, if we had to take our driver's exam again tomorrow, we'd probably most of us fail. Would that not be true? Why? Because you pick up bad habits. And you know, in Christianity, we might know how to do the basics, but we can pick up bad habits. We can do things. We can get through. We, yet we might not have any blowouts or accidents, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're doing it as God wants you to. And by saying, God, I'm willing for you to put that L plate back on my life. I want to learn. I want to hear that your voice in my life again. I, I, I want to grow. I want to become better. I want to become more like you. We open ourselves up for him to speak. Whatever that is. And if that's you today, I want you to stand with me. And we're going to pray that God was so clearly put his learner plate on our hearts. That we would be people that are learners of him. I want you to stand with me if that's you today, right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.